So we'll move on from beef now and uh, if we can, Maddie, talk sheep because they're probably closing on on a similar kind of reasonably, not spectacular, but a strong return to total numbers and um, maybe they're testing the limits a bit now that um, we've got so many more sheep back on the ground. But over to you for what is pretty interesting story in a tale of all kinds of complexities through heavy lambs, light lambs, um, trade lambs, mutton versus lamb. Um, I'll <laughs> hand over to you for now. Thanks. Thanks, Mark. Yeah, it's been a, it's been a, a up and down start to the year for um, the trade for the trade lamb indicator for for lamb prices in the, in the sow yard across Australia. Um, having said that, in nowhere near the level of volatility that we've seen in the cattle market, and once again, we've actually seen the National Trade Lamb Indicator and the ECI start to converge, which has been interesting and a, and a long-held theme that they always tend back together again. So they're doing that now, and in, in as a time, as as Michael uh, alluded to, that restocking is coming down. But what really is driving the the sheep industry at the moment is a lack of good quality fattened lambs in the sow yard. A lot of that comes um, from the cold, rainy spring um, and poor, relatively poor growth um, for fattening lambs that we had um, um, late last year and early this year. Um, so that has been dominating. So there are a lot of light lambs around. There are quite a few trade lambs around and there aren't many heavies. So as a result, you're seeing a lot of good, good prices um, being paid, paid by processors for heavy lambs. Trailing that, you're seeing the trade lamb prices start to pick up um, as as people um, gather them up for fattening and realise the um, the 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 opportunity available um, given those good solid heavy prices. Um, but if you've got light lambs at the moment, um, they're not actually getting much in the sale yard so that there's a generalised recommendation to try and feed them until the prices improve. Um, so we saw some large, some relatively large, not very large, but some falls across different states um, to begin to begin with the year with. That was Western Australia and Victoria in particular. Western Australia's had a really good comeback um, and Victoria's had a solid comeback. So we've sort of seen the trade lamb indicator sitting in the early 700s. At the moment, about 730, it's been up as high as 750, so in and around that level, which is not is not where it was in 21 um, or 22, but it is still a fairly good um, a fairly good price. Um, so as I said, as I mentioned before, there's a real discrepancy between light lambs and heavy lambs, um, which is unsurprising given the, the lack of um, the lack of heavy lambs in the market. But what this is sort of saying, um, particularly as yardings have started off the year very strong in some weeks, um, record levels in one week, I believe, and, and prices have stayed in and around where, where they are at the moment, is that is, is, is there, there is good demand for lambs going forward um, and that it's not an industry that's currently being uh, dominated by by numbers in the sale yards. Um so what else are we what else are we seeing? Looking for the MLA released their their forecasts um, just recently, as Mark alluded to about uh, flock numbers, and we're expecting to see the largest flock in around about fifteen years. So since since about two thousand and seven, coming with that is the largest production in a long long time as well. Um, so we're having a real a real um, boon in the sheep industry and there's been sort of while the focus has been on the cattle industry restocking there's been a large amount of of work in restock uh, restocking and rebuilding that national flock so we've we've got really good figures there 
with that obviously comes a bit of downward um, uh, pressure on prices, particularly for good quality, uh, sorry, for, for lower quality um, lambs. What isn't improving at this stage is mutton. Um, mutton's still having um, a difficult time. A lot of that will come um, from farms having retained stock in their paddocks um, for a few more years than necessary and there being more uh, more ewes available to, to sell than, than previously. But also driving it is the lack of demand for mutton out of China um, for the export markets. On the flip side, the export markets look very, very good for Australia's lamb supply. So that is sitting behind the, the, the decent prices at the moment. So in, gen in general, while we're not seeing the high highs we've been at before, um, it's all looking fairly solid and stable. All the indicators are there is a lot of good solid demand behind it. The same issues that exist in, in the cattle industry around processing and labour obviously still exist in, in, in the sheep industry. But in general, what you can say is if, if you've got heavies, then I think you'll have a processor knocking on your door very shortly. If you've got some light lambs, you might have some feeding to do. Thank you, Maddie. And, and it will be interesting to see whether that flock number just stabilises at short of you know, 79, 80 million head. Um, we, we've seen prices hold. I think steady is absolutely the right description here. It's been a great mainstay over the last even seven or eight years as we've probably brought 10 million more sheep into the flock without necessarily um, impacting prices too much. Um, it'd just be interesting to see what ultimate number starts to test that and whether we're going to carry any more sheep or not. And as Michael says, um, if you've flexed between sheep and cropping a bit in the past and you haven't done it lately, it's probably not likely to change that much either. So maybe we're at that level of continuing stability. We'll see. Um, over to wool now, the other half of sheep and um, a tale of two cities perhaps in the micron ranges. Um, are we expecting better things or is economic recession in our key partners around the world going to still dampen the prospects of wool prices? Well, no one can be, really be unhappy with the way um, the Eastern Market Indicator and the Australian wool, um, wool prices have entered 2023. We've had some great, great weekly jumps uh, one after the other. Uh, everything's looking uh, fairly on, on the up and on the up and up. But as we talk about in the paper, it's really is um, really is split between fine fine wool and coarse wool. And we sort of generally use the Eastern Market Indicator as being obviously the indicator price, and that looks fairly. Um, fairly stable and solid for, for the part for the past little while but really what it's hiding is a coarse wool price which is down in the doldrums and doesn't show much um, chance of recovering anytime really soon um, and and combined with a, a fine wool price which is going great guns now but sitting behind that fine wool price is is a return to uh, full almost full or uh, yeah full or almost full processing capacity in China and other processing countries um, as they get back up online. Um, what we are not seeing as yet is any flow-on effect from those global economic concerns. Wool is usually one of those products that gets hit quite heavily. It's seen seen as a luxury product, and when when people aren't spending, then they're not going out to buy new woolen suits or woolen coats. We don't really see that hitting in the buying activity yet. What we're seeing is is manufacturers trying to get their hands on supply so that they can rebuild their stocks and get back up to full processing capacity. So that's dominating at the moment. Um, this is for fine wool, obviously. Um, 
and we might expect some some moderation in the market going forward as that global economic uh, sentiment hits, if it does happen to hit badly. As, as we talked about earlier, uh, global economic growth seems to be doing better than anticipated. So, so we'll wait and see where that heads with the wool industry. Um, but we don't talk particularly often, uh, particularly often about what's happening in the coarse wool um, market, um, and it was worth looking at briefly why prices have fallen to where they've fallen, um, so they don't even cover sharing costs anymore. Um, and it would generally appear because there is just a, a glut of coarse wool on the global market. You have to remember that while Australia dominates the fine wool market, we don't dominate the coarse wool market with uh, South America, Argentina, New Zealand, all having large amounts of coarse wool to sell. And in competing with them, uh, they've been rebuilding their their flocks with a notable exception of New Zealand. Um, they've, been, they've been rebuilding and there's a large amount of um, coarse wool on the market. So it really is a matter of the global market only really being willing to spend oh so much money on coarse wool and if there's more of it around then we just get lesser prices so unfortunately it really is a matter of uh of, of coarse wool producers either riding out um the, the current glut in supply or current increase in supply in the hope that um producers from across the world will also reduce their their coarse wool output or switching to shedding breeds or some other combination of genetics which might which might change the outlook but it is interesting to look at a sector that doesn't often get talked about when we talk about the wool industry